Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. football podcast here on the believe podcast network the number one podcast network for professionals and the only place for every new york football team and their fans do you believe i'm your host steven tino rodriguez and welcome back to another edition of the new york football podcast you can check us out at apple podcast google play stitcher spotify and of course the believe website BLEAV.com. Like, download, rate, subscribe, and comment. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at NYFootballPod, as well as myself at Tino Rodriguez. We have a full show for you guys today from Jersey Sports Zone and the host of the Fresh Cookies podcast. We have Nuri Rodriguez joining the show to talk about all things AFC East, and we give out our top five all time football players out of the state of New Jersey. I'll also address some headlines involving the Jets, potentially signing Logan Ryan, and I'll lay out the moves the Giants will have to make if New Jersey isn't open by the start of training camp. But of course, let's start off with the wild weekend and the wild situation involving Giants corner DeAndre Baker. I'm steady trying to find the motive. Why do what I do? All right, so there is a lot to unpack with the DeAndre Baker situation, which also involved another NFL player in Quentin Dunbar, a former corner for the Washington Redskins. He was traded to the Seattle Seahawks this offseason. Um, a lot to unpack. Let me just start by saying that I did say the last two shows that DeAndre Baker, despite being a first-round pick, was on the clock based off his uh, work ethic and just the competition that was going to be in the room uh, with the Giants cornerbacks and uh, defensive backs. And he definitely didn't help his case this weekend. So I'm going to walk you through the timeline real quick and just we'll figure out what the heck is going on because there was a lot of he said, she said, and it's a lot to follow and a lot to handle. So starting on Wednesday in Miramar, Florida, Uh, DeAndre Baker and Quinton Dunbar had been allegedly charged, at least DeAndre Baker was, with four counts of armed robbery with a firearm and four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm. And as the details trickled out, allegedly what happened was um, initially you thought it was a cookout or a barbecue and there was like families involved and it wasn't. So 
And once the details came out, it was actually a dice game. They were probably playing CeeLo in the corner for some dollars. Um, And there was 15 to 20 people there, as the report says. And so, allegedly, the victims who got robbed and held at gunpoint uh, in the initial report are the reason that DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar got linked. But now, those same people, there was one witness and then four victims, they all recanted their stories. So this happened over a span of four to five days, and as the media pot stirred, everyone was awry of, you know, DeAndre Baker's flaws. They were coming at Dave Gettleman. They were saying that, you know, his character issue should should have never been taken in the first round. You know, you should have seen this coming. He's this, he's that, he's that. Everyone judging a book by its cover, and... Of course, the situation isn't completely resolved yet, but of course, there is two sides to the quarter. There is two sides to every story, and you know, to be prosecuted and go through the legal process and you're in the court system, shit has got to stick. And so everyone wanted DeAndre Baker to take his innocence away from himself. Same thing with Quentin Dunbar. Just turn yourselves in. It's over. We got you dead to rights. Everyone knows what's going on. And... You know, I skipped a gruesome part of the story, but the initial report essentially said that not only did they rob these people, but at one point, DeAndre Baker was allegedly forcing someone who was wearing a red mask or a red hood to steal the people's money and watches with force. And allegedly, someone also got shot, which then, as the reports come out, no one got shot. So, anyway... That was on Wednesday. As everything transpires, people were going nuts. And DeAndre Baker's lawyer took to Instagram to state that, you know, facts are facts. We have other stories. We have other, um, you know, affidavits that are going to support DeAndre Baker. And although he didn't turn himself in right away and people were really up in arms about this, he decided to, on Saturday, under the advisory of his lawyer, to turn himself in. And so... He turned himself in, and oddly enough, right away on Sunday, they had a court hearing over essentially Zoom, over like a webcam, and what what ended up coming out out of that was the details of this fight, and what we ended up finding out that there was no shots fired, all five sworn affidavits recanted their stories within 36 hours of the event, and the underlining thing out of all of this was that neither Dunbar or DeAndre Baker had an actual criminal record before this. And so if you're going to get someone like that and you're going to make claims as, you know, as to armed robbery, aggravated assault with a firearm, granted they probably had, you know, their straps on them, they probably had their guns on them, uh, to say that he's forcing orders and he's this tyrant that, you know, telling people he, they're going to get shot and this and that and actually shooting someone, to go to the point and say someone got shot... And then all these stories get recanted. People are saying, uh, you know, lifetime friends of these two people that were there say that, you know, they never felt actually threatened by them and that no one got shot. It, it, it just looks silly because it's a complete 180 of where the hell this story was when it started on Wednesday. And so what happens out of all of it? Well, essentially, they're not necessarily let free immediately but 
they could post bail. And they did post bail. For DeAndre Baker, it was 200000 And so what I decided to do is just kind of look at the situation of what the hell the Giants are going to do. You know, do you want a troublemaker on this team? Do you want someone who's not going to be motivated to be on this team? Uh, do you want a distraction? Well, to start, the Giants already initially came out, and it's pretty ironic that DeAndre Baker had a shit work ethic last year, and he carried that over to this year because he already missed the voluntary meetings to start the year, and he already was missing the Zoom meetings of that week, um, and he hadn't appeared to anything. So it's not like nothing new is going to change, but the Giants came out and said that they don't want him in those meetings as if he was going to go anyways. They don't want him there. They don't want the distraction, and I don't blame them. I think they're going to let the dust settle and before they can make an actual decision. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people are screaming for his head. They want him cut. Uh, they don't want this. They don't want that under the new Joe Judge you know, ruling. And I think Judge understands the value, and he didn't draft him. So, you know, I don't think he's going to be tied to him at all. But from a talent perspective, you know, from the first-round pick perspective, I think you at least get him on the field to work out and see what he has before you jump to conclusions of just cutting this guy because of his record and what's going on. I mean, this is the NFL. Uh, just in that week of DeAndre Baker doing that, he obviously did it with another NFL player. That same week, a first-round pick, a top-ten pick from last year as well, Ed Oliver was in a D, uh, DWI situation. And a former Giant receiver, Cody Latimer from the Redskins, was firing a gun in his house. So all madness was breaking out across the NFL. And it just goes to show he's not a needle in a haystack here. You know, this isn't a rare occurrence for the NFL. So obviously you want to scream to the presses and cut him, but I think you got to do your due diligence. And when you gave up a second, a fourth, and a fifth to go up and get him, and in a trade that as of this point the Giants have won, because the three picks that ended up coming about for Seattle that they got instead of DeAndre Baker, you know, aren't necessarily anything. So I think you just ask for him to stay away from the team until the dust settles and you get the official rulings. And honestly, what I think will happen when this is all said and done is that the NFL will probably be the first ones to come in and you don't need disciplinary uh, judgments from the Giants. I think the NFL will be the you know, wants to put their foot down, especially with the whole fact that, you know, weed's out of the, their pocket and they can't charge people for weed. I think he's going to get fined by the NFL and I think he'll get suspended at least two, three, maybe even four games. And so, you know, PEDs is usually four, so I'd probably say two here. Um, but we'll see because we've seen crazier things. But now the issue is, do you, do, do you want to keep him as a Giant fan? And so... You know, I'm kind of split here. Uh, you know, I'm kind of split. The money involved says they have to. Okay, they're going to lose five, six million this year, at least. And so his work ethic is shit. And it probably isn't going to change anytime soon. He wasn't great on the field. And, you know, that sucks. But have him lose his spot outright. I think. The same mindset of this team has to be everything is earned. And so, yeah, 
opportunity for someone else. There, in no way, shape, and form is DeAndre Baker going to be, you know, first man up in reps. And I think they're they're making that clear. And I think his performance and his work ethic and the fact that he was sleeping in meetings last year and had an immature attitude doesn't help his case at all either. But so here we are where the Giants already in the start of, you know, online training are telling him not to be a part of the team. He's missing some key mental reps in what's going to be a new defensive system. So he's already behind the eight ball. So my whole thinking is that, you know, he's going to lose his spot regardless. And I think if you bring him in, despite him being a slight distraction, especially with the New York media, you know, with his talent level, he's still going to light a fire and he's going to have that motor in him that could potentially get other people around him going, knowing that there is a spot to take. And even if he's still there, it's not necessarily done yet. The job isn't done yet, and you got to continue to work. And so I don't know if I love the idea of having him on the team as a distraction, but at the same time, honestly, a little defensive swagger, a little defensive uh, attitude is not necessarily a bad thing. I don't know. I think DeAndre Baker at least has some balls, and I think it takes some balls to play defense. But we'll see. We'll see what happens after the dust settles, and we'll see what the NFL decides to do. Obviously, this is still fresh and new. We're about to get to a week since the incident, and uh, with the amount of people that have turned their words, if any hardcore evidence comes out, you know, maybe it changes things. But as of right now, if it's just based on people's words and these recanted uh, affidavits, I don't think these charges are going to stick or hold much ground, especially when you have, uh, you know, people who are the alleged victims going back on their own words and saying their lives weren't actually threatened. So we'll see. A very interesting situation, and... um, DeAndre Baker, just when you thought the Giants under Judge were going to stay out of the headlines and the rookies were the uh, ones to watch. Last year's rookies, the ones that weren't drafted by Judge, uh, DeAndre Baker just had to make sure that he got into the uh, headlines a little bit there. And we'll see. And I think it's going to be interesting to monitor how Judge handles this situation as obviously this is his first headline-grabbing and controversial uh, story since taking over the head coaching job. And I think he's got his work cut out for him, but so far, so good as they obviously dismissed him from the team so far, at least from the voluntary activities. And as they inch to training camp, we'll see how they decide to handle it, and we'll see if uh, any other punishments from either the team or the NFL come down on him and uh, hold him out of training camp. But now, speaking of training camp, I think you know something came out, and Ian Rappaport was the one to uh, report it um, at Rap Sheet. It's interesting. Uh, The situation with training camp for the Giants uh, is one that is comparable to teams that dealt with natural disasters, uh, similar to the Saints and uh, the Texans when they had a hurricane. And so similar to those teams, where did they go when their facilities were shut down and being used for other things? Well, if the state of New Jersey won't provision or allow the teams to be in their facilities as of July, which as of right now, Joe Judge came out and said, they are treating it as they will be allowed in, and they're going to be good to go. And another side note is that if they can't get in and things aren't worked out, until every team is allowed to have their head coaches in their facilities, all at the same time with an even playing field, if they all can't have them in at the same time, then no one can have them. So it's not like the Giants will be behind the eight ball too much, if this does hold them back. But what they're doing now is trying to stick their neck out and get ahead of this 
which is obviously smart. And they're looking into other possibilities if they do get held back because of this pandemic and they're looking for alternatives. So what is the alternative? Well, similar to Houston and New Orleans, like I mentioned, they went to West Virginia and West Virginia is actually a place where these two teams held training camps before and is relatively opened up right now um, and aren't really dealing with the actual issues that, you know, New York and New Jersey are from this pandemic. Plus it's close enough. So it's an alternative and they're reaching out uh, to just check the availability and a a big part of it, I think is going to be also what colleges decide to do. If, you know, campuses are going to be full of people, if those facilities are being used, are teams using other things, but they're reaching out and I think they're keeping an ear to it. And I think they're just going to make sure that they're prepared and um, can make sure they approach this season with a structured schedule that uh, they have set up and they'd like to have set up as they, uh, you know, enter this tenure of Joe Judge coaching the New York Giants. And I think things are starting to look up for sports as at least the New York areas are getting ready to approach sports for June, uh, at least mid-June with no fans, which means come training camp, I think that although uh, football is going to be more close encounter and people really right on top of each other, as long as the testing and regulations are sorted out, uh, the football part of it should be fine. And I think the Giants are hoping for that. And I think Judge is planning for that. But of course, it's good to be prepared. And I think he's getting himself uh, prepared for worst case scenarios. And, you know, these guys are consummate professionals. And I think they're ready to uh, tackle any of the challenges that are presented in front of them. And They definitely have their hands full with both a pandemic and uh, one of their former first-round picks from literally a year ago getting himself involved in a wild um, accusation. So a lot to monitor on the Giants' front in the coming weeks. But you know to come here for uh, any of your updates and any of your needs for Giant information. But now that's it for Giants information, at least for this week or for at least right now, as we're going to switch over to uh, some Jets talk. And a lot of people were calling it a done deal uh, as uh, Logan Ryan, a free agent corner who played with Tennessee last year, was tied to the Jets on a one year deal. Uh, Apparently it was all but done. But now a week later, you fast forward and not only is it still not done, but there's a lot of talk of... The Jets potentially just going back on it and this deal potentially not getting done at all as Ryan for the one-year deal is looking for $10 million. So let's just break it down this way. The Jets obviously need corner depth. They need secondary depth um, aside from their safeties. But to Joe Douglas's credit, they kind of don't need it that badly anymore. And that's putting it lightly because that's saying that some of these gambles and Bilo guys are going to pan out. And I think for Jet fans, that's the best case scenario. Um, but when you really think about it, although Logan Ryan, uh, his pedigree and what he can bring uh, physically to a defensive side of the ball uh, could help the Jets, uh, and they would have another stout front uh, in terms of stopping the run, uh, Ryan's more of a downhill guy. Uh, he's a slot corner, and when you have... You know, young talent and and a guy like Bryce Hall, who you just drafted late in the draft that I think could be a physical steal. You traded for Quincy uh, Quincy Wilson. You brought back Brian Poole. You have Pierre Desir. You brought back Arthur Mallett. And you you also brought back uh, Bless Austin. 
And so you have guys that are familiar with the system already. Definitely not, you know, by any means, Bless Austin is going to be the guy. Shout out to RU. Is going to be, you know, the staple of that defense. Uh, but you'd think he'd grow in another year. And so Ryan looking for $10 million as a 30-year-old or near 30-year-old starting slot corner. He's never really played outside. I don't know if that immediately helps your defense, at least not for that price. Uh, you know, his biggest strength last year, he led the Titans in tackles as a corner, which is insane. He had 113 tackles. It's absolutely nuts. Um, he had a four and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss, four interceptions, four fumbles, uh, forced fumbles. You know, the guy could play defense for sure, but for $10 million, you got to ask yourself, is that necessarily worth it? I mean, you just went around the offseason avoiding crippling contracts like that, and you're almost out of it scat-free. And although you could use the help, uh, I think $10 million is a bit steep. It's a bit much. And I think if you get that lower, sure, definitely consider it. But double digits for a guy who you can't really plug in, set in stone, outside, which is where you need the most help you know, at that outside corner position, it's, it's a tough take for me. It's a tough take, and I think I'd rather roll the dice on a rookie in Bryce Hall, who if you put on the tape, you know, take your chance on him. A young guy who you got late is going to be more affordable and, you know, not really a risk, and he's your guy. You know, you drafted him, uh, and you're not, you already have him on a rookie deal. I think it would just make more sense to try to hope to get something out of Bryce Hall than ship out $10 million to Logan Ryan, who's about to be in his 30s, and his biggest strength is tackles and not necessarily coverage. And so if you can get that at a better price, sure. And I think if you're the Jets, you just wait it out, knowing that they were already tied to him, I would definitely wait it out and hope that Joe Douglas could somehow maneuver something out of him. Uh, and, you know, Logan Ryan's an RU guy. So he'd be coming home, and I think that's something that in interests him off the rip. But uh, it, it's tough. That's a tough take. And I think the $10 million uh, is the price figure that's really slowing this deal down. And it makes sense to me. And if I'm the Jets and if I'm Joe Douglas, again, you've made it this far without killing yourselves in a situation like that. And you barely have the money to spend on him. I'm not wasting all of it and shaving all of it off the top to roll out the red carpet for Logan Ryan. Um, probably the best available corner on the market, but again, uh, you need the help, but you also added and made smarter moves to get guys to compete for a position um, that needs depth to begin with, and you're going to have people there as well. You brought people back that know the system and are interchangeable guys to begin with. So although I'm not saying the cornerback room is solidified right now, I'm also saying that Logan Ryan coming into that cornerback room doesn't necessarily help the biggest need in that position, you know, on the outside. So for $10 million, if I'm spending $10 million on a free agent corner, I want him to come in similar to a James Bradbury and know that he's going to go outside and play there and lock down their best guy. And so if I'm on the Jets, I'm definitely pumping the brakes on this, at least until the price comes back down. Then once the price comes down, I, I mean, definitely. Because you have a Marcus May, Jamal Adams, Logan Ryan, three-man rotation going on there, I, that, that's, that's frightening, and you worry about the outside later. Um, 
But I definitely slow down for ten million dollars for sure, especially when you got a young guy in Bryce Hall who uh, I do really like, and I think the Jets uh, were able to steal there late in the rounds uh, during the NFL draft this year. So um, if I'm the Jets, hang tight. Uh, I don't love the situation you have in your cornerback room right now, but at the same time, I don't hate it that much to feel the need to spend ten million dollars on an aging uh, slot corner. But now I'm going to get you guys ready for my interview with Neri Rodriguez, a fellow classmate of mine at Rowan University. We actually graduated together. Uh, Neri works with Jersey Sports Zone. He covers uh, high school football and started up a podcast called the Fresh Cookies Podcast. Uh, awesome interview with him. We kind of catch up. We talk a little about the AFC East. He's a Patriots guy, so... We share our expectations on the upcoming season. Nuri also shares some insight on what Greg Schiano has done so far since taking over the job as Scarlet Knights head coach. And we also get into our top five all-time football players out of the state of New Jersey. Really great interview. Uh, awesome having him on. So here he is, Nuri Rodriguez. All right, now we have on my good friend, Nuri Rodriguez. Nuri is the host of the Fresh Cookies podcast. He also works with Jersey Sports Zone during the high school football season. You can follow him at Nuri Rodriguez TV. Nuri, my man, what's up? How we doing? The real RU is in the house. Rowan University, the profs, Rowan Rugby. What's good, Nuri? What's going on, man? What up, Steve? Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm happy to have you. Uh, you're not the first Rowan alum on here, but you are the first Rowan journalism guy I have on here. Oh, word? Who else, who else you had on here? A couple of who my buddies, a couple Giants buddies. Um, no New England guys. Oh, yeah? We had an AFC East roundtable. Yeah, I had man. some New England guys on here. Um, it's going to be a little different. I'm going to ha- have to stand up. You didn't have the New England guy, though. Yeah, I did not have the New England Boston guy. I don't know this, but I have the drop. You didn't Mur- have the New England guy. The Dropkick Murphys is your intro song going into this interview, so I'm sure you're going to be a fan of that. Uh, but, yeah, so we didn't have the okay. New England guy. I'm going to try to stand I don't up like the them. That's when, uh, when, we, when we go down that road. But let's start here with what you're good at, the strong suit. Obviously, you're good with the pads but it's what your profession is. Let's talk some high school football here real quick. And I'm just curious, as we lead into our Mount Rushmore of former high school football players that are now NFL players, our top guys, let's talk a little about the other RU. Let's talk about Rutgers real quick. Um, Go ahead. Greg Schiano's there now. Obviously, they were hitting the campaign trail or the recruiting trail pretty hard prior to the pandemic, and it slowed a lot down for uh, colleges and kind of getting spring going and all that good stuff, even Mm -hmm. at at the high school level. So far, what have you seen from that regime and having Greg Schiano back? Is it any different from what you saw last year when he wasn't there? Um, Is he really going door to door and trying to get those top recruits? Have you seen anything across the landscape that's a little different? Well, Steve here, I'm going to try to kill two birds with one stone. So I'm going to explain kind of what I do and it's going to lead exactly into your question. Okay. So I'm a multimedia journalist for Jersey Sports Zone. We film high definition high school sports highlights. We do the entire state. 
Uh, literally, I mean, if you go on our website, www.jerseysportzone.com, you go to our YouTube channel. Uh, we're posting something every single day, even now in the coronavirus. Um, and it could be highlight reels. It could be feature stories, anything. Uh, but my company has, has credibility where we do an all zone team, which is the, it's our all state team where we pick 50 people. We have a big banquet. Kids come there. We've had, you know, our number one overall player from this year is going to Texas A&M next year to be a wide receiver. Fidel Diggs. Kid is a monster. I filmed him. I went to Camden to film him myself. I'm like, he was worth the price of admission. Uh, I love both Camden schools, Woodrow Wilson and Camden High. They always treat me so well every time I go there. And I'm in there in the summertime when it's when it's hot. And mm. I give them a lot of credit, man, because, like, they, you know, sometimes their stuff is old, but they, like, they just be going – they just be going hard. It's tough. I love it. Like it, it like, you know, um, my, my high school was real bare bones too. It was like all the shit was old, but it was just like for a while there, they were nice. Um, but it was crazy. Oh, so at the end of the year, we have this all state banquet and every year I've been there, we have there like, it's all, it's a room full of 50, 50 players from New Jersey, the best 50. And it is the best. Trust me. We do pick the very best. Ain't no, ain't no participation trophies. There's a lot of D1 kids that are committed. And there's a lot of kids who are looking to get committed because these assistant coaches and shit linger in our lobby because they give us their cards and stuff. I, you know, Pitt, Miami, all these, you know, a temple, all these, all these schools just kind of lurking where they're like, well, we can't technically go in there, but there's nothing against us standing in the lobby. Like, so we're like, all right, whatever. So you see these guys, yo, we've, we asked Chris Ash to come to our banquet two years in a row. And mind you, I covered, I covered his seven on seven tournament two years in a row. So I've met him before. Mm -hmm. And like, you go to the seven on seven tournament. I saw Matt rule. He was still a Baylor. And I went to temple when Matt rule was coaching temple and it was God awful. But I was like, Oh shit. I was like, we meet again. Cause I'm like, I met him in the cafeteria temple. I was like, Oh, look, now he's the Panthers head coach. It's crazy. Um, so we asked Chris Ash two years in a row to come to our football banquet. He said no. He gets the boot. And this dude, Nunzio Capanelli, stand, steps in. Now, my first year, Nunzio was the head coach at Bergen Catholic. Mm -hmm. And I, I used to film him all the time. I'm like, hey, he's got – I want to say he's got three brothers. He might have four, though. So his his other brother – is the offensive coordinator at DePaul Catholic. And DePaul Catholic played with my first year, beat St. Joe's Montville, who was coached by a guy named Augie Hoffman. So they were so they beat them and they had a bunch of kids going to Notre Dame and, and the the fucking the St. Joe's quarterback. Tyquan Roberson is at Penn State now. He he was a beast. I'm like I got. I'm like I. I met that kid. His going into his senior year, and he couldn't have been a more outstanding like person. Like I was like, yo, I I hope I hope I hear your name on draft on draft uh draft night. But so anyway, Nunzio leaves. He goes to Rutgers. So he takes over for Chris Ash. Now. We have such a good rapport with that whole family, like, like because they all in some way are affiliated in the coaching and you have to go through them 
mm-hmm. to get interviews and stuff. So it's like, we, we know, like we knew them. So when Nunzio went over, we we're like, wow, that's really crazy. But we had, we were not braced for when Shiano came back. He took all these head coaches from all these premier high school programs. And at the state championship this year at Rutgers, Fran Brown joined the Rutgers coaching staff. He turned in that weekend alone, four or five kids from Temple to Rutgers, just like that. So the banquet's coming up. I got a call and it was funny. I had to forward it to my boss because I thought I thought the shit was a joke. I got a call from I I want to say it was the same dude that gave me his his business card before from Rutgers because you you meet all the and that's the other thing where you get to see the other side of the game where it's like you meet the scouts and you're like you kind of pick their brain sometimes you're like you know what do you like I gotta ask I'm like what are you looking for and he's like you know they they tell you man there's you know like is he well balanced on his toes things like that you're like oh shit I'm like you know I'm getting I'm getting a little insight here but um so I got a call and it's like, hey, we're trying to – he's like, I'm trying to get in touch with uh, with Neri. And I'm like, yeah, it's me. And he was like, yeah, um, this is regarding, like, uh, like Coach Shiano coming to the banquet tomorrow. And I was like, oh, he didn't respond. I'm like, he never responded to my boss. And I was like, this is big – I was like, let me tell my boss and I can forward you to him. And he was like, all right. And then, like, we got it all set. And he was – like, the guy told me before he, he hung up the phone, he's like, you know, I just – you need to – you need to sign whatever by a certain time tomorrow. He's like, cause we have to get him there. We're going to get him a helicopter from wherever he was. Of course, the Shiano and, he, and he, <laughs> I think he had only been, he hadn't even really been in, introduced yet. I think he maybe was introduced a couple of days prior, but he was freshly the Rutgers coach. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, you could tell he's still moving and, and doing whatever, but they're like, yeah, we got to get him a helicopter. So he comes there, he speaks, and let me tell you, this man had the sales pitch of a lifetime. When he was looking out into the crowd, he had this look where if you, if I was in high school and that dude walked into the room and said, come play for me, if you can come play anywhere, and he said, you can come play for me, I probably would have just went right there, right mm-hmm. then and there. And then I had a little bias because when he walked out, he shook my hand, and I was like, oh, shit. I was <laughs> like, you really? I was like, oh, man. I was like, that yeah. felt so good. But, um, yeah, and it was – uh, so that's what I'm saying. So Shiano, how he's getting these kids is he's, it's, it's actually really interesting. It's like, it's like ancient tribal shit where it's like, <laughs> he's taken away. He's almost taken away the resource where it's like, so Augie Hoffman, he builds this incredible program at St. Joe's Montville. And mind you, that's where both the McCordy twins went. Of course. They both, yep. they both played for him. I'm like, so they played for him. He, he, I, he like was on the Saints or the Saints practice squad, whatever. But when he went into height and coaching, he he was like winning the state championship like every other year for non-public. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Don Bosco took a took a bit of a um, they yeah they took a bit of a, a decline because um, longtime head coach Greg Toll he he resigned the the year I was coming in. So I met Mike Teal from that Rutgers team. Yep, and um. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. I get there and they're doing a scrimmage. It's like, it was, they call it was like the red and white scrimmage. I don't know whatever they called it, but it was like just team, but they were fully dressed and like their shit was crisp. Like 
the Don Bosco shit was it was worth the hype where you're like oh man you only you only like hear the stories of how nice this place is and everything but like the yeah. stuff was it was a one like the whitest of white but they played each other and he's like yeah no he goes you can't interview anybody till afterwards so you're gonna have to stay here for the whole scrimmage and I was there for like three hours like waiting for this shit to go on and then he's like he was like I guess surprised that I really stuck around and he like gave me no lie like the best interview because he was just like wow you really he's like you really stayed the whole time and I was like yeah I was like I was waiting and um I said he goes oh where are you from and I you know I I live I live in Middlesex County now I'm from Monmouth County I said oh I'm I'm uh I'm from Keyport and he was like oh really and it turned out this kid who went to uh Syracuse who was um he was a wide receiver when he went to Syracuse uh he was from my hometown and he actually, he passed away like a little bit after he graduated high school, but he was like a big deal in my town. Like, you know, he, he had offers from all these schools and everything. And he was like short, like he, he was like under five ten. Um, but he's like, Oh, I know so-and-so. And I was like, Oh, that's, I'm like, really? And he, and it'll, I was like, yo, that's crazy. Because when I went to that funeral, I was probably in like eighth grade. No, Sean Moreno was killing it at Georgia. And he walked in and everybody like the, the air went out the room. Cause everyone's like, yeah. you know, this man left, like, like this man left and like they had, there was like three or four whole team buses that came to this little last church. Um, but when he said that to me, I was like, yo, that's, that's crazy. And he was like, Oh, if you ever need anything, let me know. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. I'm like, this motherfucker was with Ray Rice and, and, uh, <laughs> and Greg Schiano. But then he got the axe, man. I felt bad for him because he, he kind of underperformed like the two years he was there. And um, it's also just tough went. to keep up that performance, though. You're always uh, everyone's, you know, biggest game, essentially. And everyone wants to go for the top dog. And it's just like, you know, a lot of those games, it's not like they were getting blown out. It's like you're also losing tough games and tough competition. So I remember I watched the St. Peter's game last season and that one was neck and neck and so I get that though I mean it's a tough call I think it's interesting the one takeaway I got from you is the fact that Shiano could command the room the way you said and I think um, just his presence you know it doesn't necessarily translate to wins but that's something I said even just from an outsider without even meeting the guy you just know what his demeanor is about I mean a demeanor like that gave him the jump to be an NFL head coach you know, again, it didn't translate to wins, but people are going to listen and they're going to respond to that leadership. And I feel like that was the thing with Rutgers as of late. You could put out different jerseys, but like the last time Rutgers was good, they wore the same red every time. The point is you need some structure from the top down. It's not all about the uh, bells and whistles. And I think what they, they realized they had to do is stop trying to find an outsource for these other people when in reality – they just had to go back to what worked and get Chiano back in there to really just snap everyone the fuck out of it. And I think the biggest thing that was happening too, I think Jersey as a whole produces so much fucking talent. There's no way the sole state university of Jersey should be that bad. You make the jump to the Big Ten. The foundation. Ascent. I mean, like, we don't have that many sports teams. Like, exactly. obviously, the Giants and the Jets play here, but, like you know not jersey even, yeah it's like i root for the rangers but it's like would i be mad if the devils won a stanley cup no because no. i'm like i would you want to see and you know that's the thing i'm a celtics fan and i'm like my second team is the knicks i'm like the nets i you know i can go either way on them but still when they left new jersey 
I was a little pissed. I was like, bro, you were like, I was like, you're, it was you and the other guy. Now it's just the other guy, you know, yep. it's just the devil's here. But, um, and everyone's like, oh, well, you know, the Jets and the Giants play there. I was like, yeah, but it's still New York. Like, it's cool to have something that says like New Jersey. Like, come on. If you mean, wanted to go to a parade, right. you still got to go to New York. The end of it is at the stadium. If you wanted to actually attend it, you got to go all the way to New York. So it's just, but that's, I didn't even that's, know that. Yeah. Been the two. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. I won't bring it up. I won't bring up the Giants Patriots stuff. I won't. What? I, I told myself I wouldn't do it. Oh, you can, bro. My, yo, my, um, what you call it? <laughs> you sure? Bro, our, 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 fa- bro, our family, our family dabbles like in, in dark arts. Like we got, my stepdad's like a Giants and a Yankees fan. And like my brother's like a Steelers fan. And my, oh other, my, my, brother, God. my brother-in-law's an Eagles fan. I'm like, oh, fuck all y'all. Like, and my nephew like takes after he's like, yeah, hey, I'm a, I'm a be Eagles fan too. I'm like, bro, this, this, this Pat's country. Like, like, what do you mean? Like, uh, so yeah, no. So my you younger can, brother I can, was, uh, I can, if you dish it, I can definitely take it. Trust me. We've no, all, yeah. we've heard all the jokes. We, we trust me. I won't do it. I won't waste the time. I will say this though. So my younger brother was God when he was growing up, it was, uh, he's five years younger than me. So when the Eagles dream team, quote unquote, dream team was assembled, he had just started playing Madden and he was just like, I love the Eagles, love Deshaun Jackson, love Deshaun McCoy. And I was like, bro, like, I'm telling you, you're not going to survive in this family. If you like the Eagles. That team did so poorly that year. The dream team did so poorly, he became a giant fan. He, oh sometimes my. it's natural selection. Sometimes you Gosh. just have to let them do on it, uh, learn on their own. But you try to warn them. You try to lead them to the pond. But, you know, they got to go down and take the sip themselves. Um, let's go back to RU real quick and just not even yeah, hint at it. Let's, uh, like, we, we, you told me everything essentially I was looking for there and just that response of just, you know, what he's capable of. And I got an idea of it. What? Is it going to take now for some of those really top tier guys to try to commit to Rutgers? Is it, is it still going to be a losing game? I mean, it's not like when he was there, he was winning them over to begin with. You know, he was getting a handful of guys, but they're in the Big Ten. And essentially, my biggest thing is how do you match up recruiting when you lose the state of New Jersey to the guys you're going to see in Michigan, Ohio State? You know, that, that's, it's tough. Maryland, it's, it's tough to compete in your conference if you're losing the recruiting battle, at least with the top recruits, to those schools. Do you think it's even possible? And if it is, what the hell is it going to take? I Well, it kind of goes back to, and, you know, not, not to keep harping on this banquet. It's just the, the thing that I got from that, like, here's the thing. He set the tone. You're exactly right because that's exactly what it was. He showed up late he showed up about 10 15 minutes into the ceremony that's it right actually late but hold on he sat there for a little bit we and we you know we um we left it open for them but we kind of knew what they were going to do they took the table like in the middle but kind of in the front Mm -hmm. so when he sat down and like it's so funny because you're in a room full of a bunch of angsty ass teenagers that are good at something not saying teenagers aren't but Mm -hmm. imagine having an inflated ego and you're really really good at something that a lot a lot of people love like if you love sports it doesn't matter what level it is maybe canadian league you love football i'm like it's like i'm like you you it's amazing but you have a bunch of these kids coached by some of the the cockiest like and like the the biggest egos in the state, Jersey high school, coaches. almost like almost like at their whim, 
of trying to gravitate towards this dude when he sat down. So after he, you know, he, he gave his speech, you know, he was, he, I, I would say maybe five or 10 minutes. I wouldn't say 15. He was like five or 10 minutes late and he, and he came in and we kind of scrapped what we had for the opening. We we're like, well, they said, if he comes, like he has to speak like right away. So it's like, <laughs> so he, whatever he speaks and he chilled for like 15, 20 minutes and then he left. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and, yeah. and then he walked out and like, you know, and he said, he said hello to me and like, he shook my hand, but like while he was walking out, but the fact that like, I was still standing there and he like went out and he like, he saw me there and he like walked up to me. I'm like, right. You know, I have yeah. no, I have no stake in this, but it's just like, it's just those kind of like intentions you see out of people. It's not even like a coaching thing. It's just like, you can tell, like he was, see, he was saying something along the lines that you could actually go on our website. We filmed his speech but he basically says something along the lines of why are you gonna go and basically grow somebody else's farm when your family is here starving like they're they want to eat like you know and i'm and i'm paraphrasing but that's essentially what he was saying he's like why are you gonna take your resources mm-hmm. and go somewhere else to to add fuel to a fire that's already been lit when your home is is dying for a championship to see something crazy and i think him coming from ohio state he definitely had he definitely had a lot of those he was definitely in a lot of those kids ears i can tell you that mm-hmm. if you go on 247 the most of these kids that are recruited by ohio state in the last 2 years were recruited by greg Schiano. so sure. now him going to him going to rutgers it kind of he already has like those kids kind of, he's already in their ear essentially. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's already like, well, you already had, you already heard my spiel about when I was at Ohio state, but now I'm going to be the head coach. So I'm like, you're, if you like my philosophy, you should come play for me, not go to Ohio state. And when Fran Brown left temple, he took all the South Jersey kids. Literally he was on the sideline of the last state championship that was played at Rutgers. And he was, you know, the one team was, was whooping the other team's ass. Like they were up like, like three or four touchdowns. And he's just kind of lurking. And like, he's like trying to get in this one kid's ear that was at temple and he recruited him to go to temple. And by the end of that weekend, yeah, that kid, he already, he flipped to Rutgers before our banquet, he flipped to Rutgers. And then after that, like, I want to say maybe like 10, there was like 10 transfers. My first ever story I did for ABC, um, sorry, ABC, Fox 29 in Philadelphia. I was at Rowan. My first ever, like Anastasia hooked up the contact and everything. But I went and filmed this kid, Bo Melton, that was going to Rutgers. And he was really, really good. So he was going into his senior year when I was filming him. So he went off to he went off to Rutgers. That's where his dad played. Um, and his little brother was a freshman coming in on the team. And I remember I made the joke with his dad. I'm like, yeah, well, I was like, I'll be, I was like, next time we see each other, I'm going to be interviewing him. And sure enough, that it literally was like that because his brother was going to Purdue. His brother was at our banquet. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so his brother was going to Purdue and Bo, because Rutgers didn't have that stellar of a season. He was planning to go pro. He was thinking about it before that. And it just did so poorly that he decided to come back. And then his little brother flipped from Purdue to come to Rutgers. So I'm like, 
right there you can see where it's just like all right now you got the two melton boys playing together and it's like that's mm-hmm. a vibe and it's 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 all the kids that were going there before shiano that it's like don't get me wrong talent will never trump seniority it doesn't matter if you were but it definitely shows them a little bit of character that it's like well you were willing to like wear the scarlet like that means like you could ride like yeah like we're not going to kick you out like you're willing and i think that's that's the culture you want to create it's almost like it's almost like a godsend but at the same time you were just saying you got you can only you can only lead somebody to the pond it's yeah, their yeah, choice no, if they uh, want to train a hundred percent. And I think though, I think you hit it on the head pretty early on where it's like, that's one of the first things I said about Chiano. It shouldn't be that hard to convince a kid with that much talent to play for a team like Rutgers and help them win. Then, and honestly, like you think about the handful of kids, if you're not the top guy, and I'm saying like with Michigan, you have Rashawn Gary and Jabril Peppers over the last couple of years that I know went to those programs and the playing right away, making an impact, and whether they even really played or not, just because of how good they were in high school, you're probably getting drafted to the NFL anyways. But there, there are those fringe guys where, I mean, Jersey can ball, but those cusp top 20 to top 50 guys, that's where you can build a program and a team. And so if you can win those guys and build your team and have those guys realize that, okay, you're going to be the sixth right tackle at Michigan, but you're going to be, as a freshman, the backup guy and compete for a job here at Rutgers, I mean, I just – I don't think it should have been too hard, but it takes also at the same point the right guy to try to convince a kid not to go for the Lamborghini right away and go for the hard nose, you know, get your Chevy, get the old school 03 Chevy and work your way up, you know. So I think Shiano's the right guy for the job, and I think that's actually very interesting to hear that his charm can just like – I mean, his mantra is just like able to flip it like that. But it, it also – isn't that surprising because like you said i mean obviously he was in ohio state for that reason like urban meyer is not an idiot he brought him in ohio state because one obviously he's a heck of a freaking coach but he knew he has the pulse of new jersey and so that's what i'm excited to see i mean that's that's the one thing i'm so excited to see obviously if it translates to win uh translates to wins but just the demeanor of this team like i mean they were getting bulldozed for the last couple years i mean it's not even close they're winning two, three games over the last half decade, and they're getting blown out by 30, 40 points. And it's like, you're a Division One Big Ten school. I mean, Nebraska has down years, but eventually the Cornhuskers are going to win six games and be bowl eligible. So it's like, we'll see if Rutgers can get bowl eligible. But I, I think if anyone's going to do it, he's the right man for the freaking job. Let's talk. Let's switch over out of Rutgers, though. And let's talk the Patriots. And we don't have to talk exactly on the Patriots. I do just want to make one note here and just get a quick tidbit from you uh, now that the schedules are out. The Patriots have their lowest over-under win total by Vegas in over a decade. Eight and a half. Do they get yeah. over eight and a half wins? Over eight and a half? Yeah. Yeah. I think I <laughs> honestly think I had the I had the I had the pets this year. And obviously, I mean like don't get me wrong. I would love to be wrong on this um, for for the for all the right reasons. But I, I honestly had us at like a nine and like you know what I'm saying like a nine win season. Gotcha. Um, you now here's my now here's here's the thing. The Bills will have a better record than the Patriots, but the Patriots will still win the AFC East. Wow, how is that even possible? I'm telling you. 
it's going to happen. The Bills have a better record than the Pats, but the Pats still win the division. I don't think that's yeah. possible. If they if we win more division games than they do, then yeah. I spent, oh. Well, if we beat them twice, if you beat still them win. twice, well, if you beat them twice, and we still, we still the had the same record. amount. Okay, yeah. If you still, if you're both, if you both have nine wins, then yeah. yes, I get that. Okay, but yeah. With that said, okay, that the answer, Bills will have a better record than the Patriots. Okay, so you know what? I'm just gonna take your. Uh, brain pretzel thing that you just tried to do there and just take it as you're optimistic that the Pats are going to win, but you do succumb to the idea that the bills are probably going to win the division this year. Luckily for you, this is not a bill show. Although it's a New York football show, we don't cover the bills and I definitely don't cover the Pats. I'd love to hear your take here on the jets. Are you even a little scared by them? Do you even think uh, even a tad bit that they're going to be on your radar of teams to look out for in the AFC East? Well, they always are. I'm like, that, that's the thing. Uh, everybody assumes just because you're a Patriots fan that you're like you're just part of like the evil empire, and you definitely are. But I'm just saying, like, you you have to almost admire the AFC East in a way because I've heard so so much belly aching over the last however many years where it's like, you know, well, you know, your division's a joke. This, this, and that. The listen, roll if somebody, them. I'm listen. If you're getting bullied for 20 years, at some point, that's a fetish. You could stand up for yourself. You enjoy, you enjoy getting, like, like just tormenting. Like, and, you know, you do, even when these teams, like, even when the Jets and the Bills and, and the Dolphins have bad, like, down years, you still, going into the season, you can't underestimate them. I mean, Absolutely. we lose... I feel like we lose every single time we go and play Miami at Miami and they'll have like three wins in a season. It's just like, oh, yeah. what is, I'm like, are you, like, are you guys like poisoning the water? Like what? I don't, I don't get it. But um, I, here's the thing. I was optimistic. I kind of went over it again today and I was optimistic for the jets and I don't get me wrong. I'm a Sam Darnold fan at a, you know, um, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Josh Allen in college, so I was going to be excited wherever he went. I'm like, the fact that he went to the Bills, it's whatever. I'm like, but I, I you know, I like me some Josh Allen a lot. Um, so I, I would go as far Tua? as – Let's go down the list. Let's go down the list here. What about Oh, Tua? I'll get to Tua. Trust me, I'll get to Tua. <laughs> I, I personally think – the Dolphins will have a better year than the Jets. I think the Jets are the lowest on the totem pole in the AFC East this year. I So here's, here's my issue with the Jets. I just have problems believing in their head coach. I don't really believe in Adam Gase, and I don't think it's a talent thing. I think they have one of the best running defenses in the league. I think they have two of the best combo safeties in the league. I think they have a guy in Le'Veon Bell who they refuse to use despite my best efforts to try to scream to the – world that you're literally going to waste his talents and he's going to go to a good team in, in another year and be relevant. You're going to be like, hey, you remember the Jets had Le'Veon Bell and they literally did fucking nothing with him? I, here's, here's what I'm interested uh, to really hear, though. Because you didn't mention the Pats quarterback. So do you believe in Jared Stidham? And it's a two-parter. Um, even if you do, who is the best quarterback in the AFC East? Well, I was going to say, right now, it's, it's going to be Josh Allen for me. I'm like, it's going to be Josh Allen. Here's the thing. I have no problem with Stidham. I'm not going to crucify a dude for four passes and one of them being an interception. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and what is it? You're up we, 40. So. It was like, um, 
that oh that was that was what monday night football no i think yeah that was a sunday night it was a sunday afternoon game you guys were beat you were at home you were beating them by like 30 oh jamal adams ran it back because okay. i went to the i went to the monday night game this year that's mm. the i'm like and they they they, they that was the the icy ghost whatever game when yeah, i got when was, i went home when i when i went home everyone's like did you see it did you see it we're like no what are you talking about they're like it was all over sports center ghost. for like ever yeah and i was like <laughs> that is hilarious i so wanted to, to bite us in the ass though it's funny that so the afc east though you know and there's no such actual thing as a lovable loser i feel like the bills you cringed for until they were good again because they had that such a long drought and the Dolphins were almost Ooh. lovable last year where you had Fitzmagic involved. So it's like they weren't necessarily trying to lose, even though they were tanking, but under Fitzmagic, anything could really fucking happen. Whereas the Jets are in this bind where it's like they're in no man's land. I mean, it's not lovable losers because if you ask anyone of part of the fan base, they're tired of this shit. I mean, they literally are tired of it. The Bills the were Jets? able for sure the, okay. the jets are fed up and i think a big part of it too i mean the jets fans are fed up or the jets are fed the, up the jets fans i mean the jets are miserable in, in their own right i mean they whatever their ownership are deciding to do with their team is i mean it's their bed that they want to lay in the, the point i'm just trying to get at is that the bills were able to make a playoff push and make the playoffs three four years ago with tyrod taylor getting benched for nathan peterman and they made a wild card berth. And you have the Jets still without an appearance in almost a decade now. For what reason? For, for what reason? It's, they just get in their own way. And it's so I find it just astonishing to me that like even this year, like the Pats, if the Pats do take a decline, it's almost like you don't even when, – when you go into these – when you go into a city like the Jets like, or, or New York to face the Jets – you're not even worried about exactly – obviously, you want to take care of the job at hand. That's what Belichick's going to teach you. But it's like you just wait for them to do something stupid, and you just capitalize. And the second you capitalize on it, that's it. Once he said, I see ghosts, what was it, the first quarter, the game is Some over. Show like that, yeah. yeah, it's in the first half. So it's like, you know, you cover football. At, it, it, you've done it at different levels. It doesn't matter if it's high school, college, or the NFL. If a game's over in the first quarter – there is more issues than just the product on the field. That's top down because you know better than anyone, shit happens. Halftime turnarounds, you could be down three scores at halftime and shit fucking happens. But for whatever, for whatever reason, this team just like for the last decade, it's just like they haven't been able to overcome the butt fumble, which is, I guess, to your credit. I mean, they're, yeah. just, they're a walking contradiction of a butt fumble. And it's like, I hope it's this year, but if it's not – the cycle is going to continue to go. And I think your boy, Sammy Darnold is just going to be the one caught under the, uh, under the uh, wake of it because what it's going to be now three offense coordinators, another head coach. I mean, you know, better than anyone stability. I mean, you have belief in Stidham because what McDaniels is still there and Belichick is still there. You have guys you can trust who that, who are you going to trust on the jets? You trust Adam Gase? No way. To be honest, I almost forgot that he was the head coach before you even mentioned his name because I was thinking, I'm like, hold up. I'm like, why am I drawing a blank on the Jets head coach? And, uh, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Gase came over from the Dolphins. And to kind of get, get back to my point, when you, had, you know, when I got the heads up 
to to do the show with you i was thinking of i was really thinking about it and i always find myself sticking up for sam darnold and it's odd i mean like just a patriots fan but when you're watching football in general it's like yeah yeah you analyze the shit uh but like even when he was drafted, I always had I I always liked Sam Darnold. I liked his play mm-hmm. and everything, and he had like that calm demeanor. But New York just has a way of just eating up, not even wholesome people. Because I mean, you have like like jerks like like Randy Johnson who just like <laughs> just can't handle it. You know, it's a, it's a different type of animal. Um, mm-hmm. But some people can, you know, and that's those are the those are the kind of people that, you know. It's funny, we were talking about the other day, uh, like Saquon. And my, you know, my brother was like, Do you you know, do you really think he's as good as he is? And I was just like, definitely. I was like, definitely top three. I was like, he, you know, it's an interchangeable top three. I'm like, with me, it's it's McCaffrey, Zeke, and Saquon. I'm like, in no particular order, it's just it's rotating and it's a week on week basis. You know, I'm and like, I think the big, they all do. And McCaffrey now separates himself in the fact that he's doing things at the running back position that it's like, he's literally like, that he's been doing though, because if you watch sure, him when he was yeah, at Stanford, he was unbelievable. And everyone's like, Barry Oh, Sanders well, records. yeah. They're like, <laughs> they're, they're like, Oh, well, you know, that that's always the best one. It's like, Oh, it's not going to translate. And it's like, eventually it has to eventually something has to happen where it's just like, where it's like, Oh, well, it's not going to happen because it, it's never happened. It's like eventually somebody's going to break through and it's got to happen. When Saquon came out of Penn State and I had told everyone, I knew the second he was in, uh, I believe they played in the Fiesta Bowl that year because they just fell short. They were a top 10 team, literally because of him. He was returning kicks for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He was having incredible runs. And I told him, I was like, I know the Giants are going to be top five at this point. I was like, I don't care. I mean, you need to get this guy. And it's like, Sure, like you need to then build an offensive line. They showed it last year that uh, you, you can't. You, one thing to have the part, but like, and he had an ankle injury. But it's like then you got to help him along. But at the same point, the talent isn't gone. Like you know, like even Zeke has down moments, and he has the best offensive line in the game. It doesn't separate the fact that these guys' talent level. The second you put on the tape and see some of the plays they make, you you're just not gonna find that anywhere else. You're not. I thought Lev was that for a while, but then he took a year off, and now the poor guy's freaking – he's lost. Poor guy. You yeah. have to steam out to dry. Yeah, I mean – I get it. You're holding out, but at another – at a certain, like, at another point, man, it's like, listen, dog, there's people who give everything to make that roster. For you to just sit because you didn't like – and, like, I get it, man. That's it's like, like at, a, at a certain point – at a certain point, it does have to be about you, and you got to get paid. That's why – I mean, we can get into it later, uh, later I mean, on the running show. Backs about, in particular. I mean, Tom, that's why, like, when, when Tom Brady left, I wasn't mad at him. Well, you talk about Zeke, too. I mean, I talked about this on the show a handful of times, too, because Dak's in the same spot now. You know, I think the NFL is in this crazy situation where they're starting to throw a lot of money out, and it's really about these guys having these wild seasons. And, you know, you're just trying to make sure that, you're going to give them the money that they deserve and not just because they had one breakout season. And it's like guys like Zeke do deserve it. But then you think, why didn't they give Le'Veon money? Well, his attitude and his off the field issues and all that shit. And you know, you're going to try to tell the player and sell him on that. He's just going to tell you to go fuck yourself, wait out the year. And he did get paid. So it's, it's hard not to, you know, but look who's paying them and it's his bed. And so you're right. It's not, it's not poor Le'Veon, but at the same time, he still has that contract, and I'm telling you, he's going to go somewhere else. They're kicking Probably, him out the door. Yeah. They signed Frank Gore, Nuri. 
They signed Frank Gore. He's 38. They're going to play him. He's 38 years old. What? Lord help him. <laughs> like, Yo, I didn't know. Th- it's so funny that you bring that up because I almost forgot. I didn't know that till today when I was looking up like the rosters. Uh, cause I, there, there's just some interesting, um, you know, what do you call it? observations when I was looking at the dolphins and I'll get into that. But when I saw that, I was like, damn, I thought he would have did like the silent retire. Like, that's what I really thought he did. Like the silent retirement. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, Oh, you know, he just, he rode off into the sunset. He broke, what was it? What did he get last year? Well, he's like eighth all what time did, or seventh all yeah, time. Yeah, he got some. Like, he like got some type of record. I remember at the end of last year where I was like, "Oh yeah," I was like, "You know what?" I was like, "I know me wrong." I I like me some Frank Gore on the Niners. He was hurt a lot though on the Niners, but he's the dude's in college. Yeah, I mean, he's a tank. I'm. Not, this isn't nothing against Frank Gore, but my issue. No, but thirty-eight. That's for a running back. That's, that's a lifetime. And you come he ain't out, breaking no record anytime soon either. And you come out and say that you're gonna gift touches and try to spell Le'Veon Bell because you think the key this is the report Neri, but the key to unlocking Le'Veon Bell is give him less touches although he has statistically his worst career in the NFL ever uh give him less touches and give it to a 38 year old back who primarily is going to what work in the goal line I mean that's probably where he'd make his most money so or like you know do his most work it just it's baffling to me I, I know I'm supposed yeah. to stick up for the Jets sometimes uh at least in this scenario but you know, again, I analyze football, and it's just sometimes so funny to me that teams just refuse to get out of their own way. But now, the moment we've been waiting for, now that I'm done bashing the Jets. <laughs> the, what a circle that was. I said I was going to defend them, and I just end up ripping them. It's okay. It's a giant fan in me. We're here at the moment that we've, uh, we've been waiting for. We're going to do – now, I want to clarify this, get this out. We're going to do top five, and this is – football players out of New Jersey. Now, your top five, it can be players who were born in Jersey and went to the NFL, or if you'd like, depending on your order where you draft them, it could just be Jersey high school athletes. It really, whatever you'd like, just they got to be relevant to Jersey high school football. You're the guest on the show, so you're going to get first pick, snake draft. So you're first, I get two, you get two, and vice versa. All right? All right, so I guess I'll work um... – Ask the front. No, I'll go. I'll go five. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go uh, five four. Now, don't get me wrong. I got. I I wrote down a whole bunch of honorable mentions. Uh, this is just if. This is just me. Uh, you know, obviously having to make a top five. I I'm. I well, so now this isn't this. power rankings. This isn't power rankings. This is. So once you draft someone, once you take someone, he's off the board. He's okay. off the board. Can't be taken again. All right. I just want. Okay. All right. So you're on. So all right, so <laughs> I guess I guess that changes my. So should I put my number one first? Then? Yeah, yeah, you're gonna want to put your one first. Get that out of the way. Make sure I don't get him from you. Okay, so I I have the first two. You have the first. I have the next two. Then you have the next two, and then it keeps going from there. Snake draft. Okay, so I got the first. Yes, you have all the right. first and the last. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Franco Harris. Wow. At a Rancocas Valley Regional High School in Mount Holly, New Jersey. They have a great program down there. That's good. That's good. I, you know, I, and I was thinking of how far you were going to uh, ex- elaborate and explain in these because 
I didn't have two. Oh, yeah, Burlington County, baby. There ain't nothing out there but football. So, and I was going to hint at this. So, you're a South Jersey guy. I'm a North Jersey guy. So, there's going to be bias. I'm a, hold on, I'm, I'm a Central Jersey guy. So, that exists. All right, listen. It really does exist. There's other argument for another. Yeah, that's not an argument. It's just that there's, there's, there's the Central Jersey State Championship. So. All right. Um, okay, so I'm this is what Central I'm going to uh, As a uh, – as a Giants guy, I think you know where I'm, where I'm going to go here. And I think it's just based off the fact that I played in the same area um, at the same time as this guy while I was playing high school football. He was coming up. Uh, and to win four state championships, two in Don Bosco, two then in Paramus Catholic, and being the focal point, as well as breaking several state track records, uh, Jabril Peppers is going to be my number one. I, I think that's just my dude. And he's come number home. One. Yeah, he's going to be my number one just because also if you look at you know the recruiting – it makes sense. It makes sense. That's going to be my one. It's a, little, it's a little cheeky, but it's a lot better than the funny ones I have down here. Okay? He's a current guy. So I, I have some funny ones, but I don't try to take this serious to start. Nuri. Okay? There's five. We have five. It's going to get harder. All right. So we'll go with Jabril first. Um, oof. All right. How do I want to go about this? All right. All right. All right. Um, trying to think of who you'll take, but you went Franco Harris, so you're going to have some older guys on there. So I think I'm going to be good here. Um, you know what? This one I wasn't gonna go to. He's also a current guy, but because you said he's from your area, you know, Central Jersey. Let's go, Quentin Nelson. Just because I want that uh, his collared up jacket here uh, on my team. I know you've seen him recently, fucking rocking yeah. his style with his shades inside. We'll go Jabril Quentin Nelson back to back. Quentin Nelson. I do like Nelson. He speaks for himself. The guy. The guy. He's the man. He's the man. So I like those two picks. All right, you got the next two. You got the next two. The next two. Um... All right, let's see. I went. I went with some older guys. I have one <laughs> newer player that I okay. know you'd approve. Um. So, so you say you're gonna give me the next two? Yeah, you get the next two picks. Oof. Um. <clears throat> based on legacy, and it's funny because my my list wasn't written this way. Um, but now, now that, now that we're doing it this way in terms of just yeah, weapons away. and whatnot, yeah, uh, it's going to go, um, either or order. It's going to be John Taylor from the 49ers mm. and Drew, and Drew Pearson, shout out South river. It's the town next door. <laughs> Drew Pearson's a good one. Yeah. I had him on. Here. Yeah. I felt bad. He got left out of the hall of fame. Shit broke my heart. Yeah. That, that was wrongdoing. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, all right, and your first one, say that again. It was uh, my first one overall was Franco Harris. No, the, the on the on the back to back. Oh, uh, John Taylor. John Fort Taylor, Niners. of course. Yes, yes, yes. All right, I'm gonna try. Oh, you know what? I, Quinn Nelson technically was in North Jersey, so I mean, I could get away with it. Oh, okay. Stay serious. Stay serious. You're not gonna take him, so I know I could get him at five. So it's okay. It's all right. I know you're not gonna take him. Oof. There's a few ways to go about this. I, I don't want to go too current. I don't want to do, go too current. Um, <laughs> okay, all right, all right. This one's kind of both. He's older. He's not old. Uh, we'll go Brian Cushing with my three. Wow. Uh, when I was in high school, I watched that Bergen Catholic documentary with Brian Cushing. I'm sure you saw it too. Uh, I've seen it. I've actually seen parts of it. Yeah. I haven't he, seen the whole thing though. That, that one's a wild one. Uh, 
and I was a middle linebacker too. So definitely, I definitely never uh, bled on the field from my forehead, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's someone I tried to uh, emulate when I played. Uh, so we'll go Cushing. Oof. All right. All right. Um, and this, you know what I did Bosco. We'll go shout out St. Peter's. I'm going to go Minka Fitzpatrick with four. Ooh. I'll go Minka. Yeah. Minka's my Tough dude. One, man. Minka's my dude. I can, you know, it's funny. I com- I I completely glossed over that, and I should be ashamed because he's from Old Bridge, which is not that far from mm-hmm. me. And um, you know, he went up to St. Peter's, and that program is just phenomenal. <clears throat> yeah, I had to get some St. Peter's love on there for sure. I it, th- yeah, they're the they're awesome. They're awesome. Not really though, because I used to play them in Hudson County tournaments all the time. But- oh really? Who, oh, who yeah. did you play for? Uh, Weehawken, but we only played Weehawken. them in like, baseball. I mean, we could play them in basketball. You were what, a group one? Yeah, we're group one. Uh, yeah. Gr- actually, yeah, so I think we might have went to. I think you're a group one. It's group one. I think I looked up your. I think I looked. Yeah, I, we were like. Yeah, I think I looked you up on uh, Gridiron, New Jersey. I think you are group one. Yeah, we're group. We're definitely group one. I'm trying to remember the section or like the next part. But yeah, you're either north one or north two. You're probably north. I think we're north two. two. Yeah. yeah, I think you're going to be north two. We're a group one, central. There's nothing wrong with it. Wrong <laughs> with it. We got three sport athletes here in Weehawken. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> All right, so you got, you got the next two. These are your last ones. So you got to uh, make sure they count here. I thought you had the last pick, but you don't. I have the last pick. So, so you got the next you two. You said picks. next two? Yeah, but these are your last picks. So you're going to be at five after these two picks. Hmm. Now, I guess I shouldn't say his name. Now that here's the thing. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm gonna check. I'm I'm gonna give it right now. But if I was doing the top five, I definitely would have changed my list by now. So my next two <laughs> is, and this this is a little tough. I'm gonna take my boy Dion Dawkins mm. from Rawway. I actually have a fight. I. <laughs> have a funny story about him and uh i'm gonna take greg olson that's good yeah greg olson greg olson's a sleep shout out ramapo yeah uh-huh that program is insane insane and all the kids are like five foot five it's insane i don't know what they're feeding them so you, but they're all quick and fast no i have a good idea what they're feeding them oh but let's not get into that but uh tell me your story what's the story what was the story involved with that so when I was going to Temple, Dion lived on the floor below me. Now, he was like, I think he was a freshman that year. So, like, they had this thing where they were making all the football players help everybody move their shit in. They didn't help me move my stuff in because I had gotten there before them. But they came, like, two days after me, and they were helping all the, all the like, everybody unload their shit. And... um we had like a common area. It was like a brand new building and the common area was, you know, both like two floors meet and it's like, it was nice. It was a nice ass lounge and everything. Um, but we would be down there and like his team never wanted to come out and he would like come, he would like come chill with us sometime. Then eventually the team would start coming to hang out. But I knew him. Um, like I would, we would like play like 2k and shit. And like, he was on the football team where you're just like, Oh, like, you know, it's temple. Like, you know, they're good, but how good can they really be? motherfucker wind up getting drafted now he's the captain of the buffalo bills i'm like yo i gotta <laughs> shout out i gotta shout out my man yeah. I, beat, 
I'm like, yo, I got him for 10 bucks in a game of 2K once. So I'll, um, <laughs> so, uh, and then he changed the settings like a little bitch the next time we played. But, um, I'll put the yo, sliders I ragged, up. Yo, I, I ragged on him. Yo, I ragged on him so hard. I was like, yo, you literally changed the camera angle and the game speed just to beat me. What like, did he change it to? Well, you got to play on two bullshit. No, he played, he, this is what, this was like, like 2013. He, yeah, he like, <laughs> I forgot what it was because my boy, uh, the one that was actually going to Ohio State that we went to see, I met him at Temple. Before he went to OSU, he was at, uh, you know, he was at Temple. And he still remembers that, bro, because he was, you know, he was, we were always together. So it's like he came mm-hmm. with me. And, um, yeah, it was so funny. I remember every time I saw him after that, I would just rag on him. Like, it's cra- <laughs> crazy to think about that, um, you know, that he's in the NFL. Let a- I mean, he's the captain of an NFL yeah. team. It's insane. I'm like, oh, congrats! Against to him. the team you see two times a year as a Pats fan too. So crazy. yeah, I give I yo I give him mad I give him mad props, and uh, and his high school Rawway Rawway's good program. Now I'm t- I'm I'm stuck here. This is tough. It's tough. I got the last pick here. There's a lot of ways I could go about this. I I mean, there are some really good ones left off the list here. Uh I got a head scratcher moment going on because I I, I just want to make sure I stick to it. But you know what? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with Mohamed Sanu. It's not the route I wanted to go. And I'll tell you the other guy I was going to mention. He's a South Jersey guy. Actually, not really South Jersey. But I'm going to go Mohamed Sanu because are you? We'll get a Rutgers guy in there. We got to throw some love to Rutgers out of South, uh, South Brunswick. Uh, Mohamed Sanu. Guy could do it all. Quarterback, wide receiver. Give him handoffs. Still making a living. I think he's on the Pats now, too. That's your guy, right? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. That's your guy. So uh, we'll go Mohamed Sanu. Uh, let's just start rattling off uh, honorable mentions. You got any for me? Yeah, well, the the toughest one to leave off was the McCordy twins just because they were technically from New York, but they played yeah. in New Jersey. And like I said, they played, a, you know, they played for Augie Hoffman, who's on the Rutgers coaching staff now. But um, some ones that, that were tough to leave off, uh, Mohamed Wilkerson. Yeah, I thought that's where that I thought that's where you were going when you were like Muhammad. I was like, oh, he's gonna take Wilkerson, but you said Sanu, so it kind of threw me off. Yeah, well, um, Sanu's my guy. Uh, we left Joe Flacco off the list. Uh, oh, Super Bowl winning he, Joe Flacco. I couldn't do it. I couldn't yeah. do it. I've talked too much shit on Joe Flacco. I couldn't do me it. Me too. Trust <laughs> me, man. That I I still I still say that's like at all the Super Bowls I think that I've witnessed in my life. That this is my is, guy. This is one I was gonna take way too early just because of how sick he was in high school. Will Hill is my guy. Will Hill. Will Hill was my guy out of prep. Went down to Florida. Ended up on the Giants full circle to finish his career. Just had too many kids. A few too many. A couple baby mamas. That's the issue. Too many baby Bro, mamas. Bro, it'd be like that, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, I got one more, too. Actually, I got a few more. Go ahead. You got any more? Go ahead. Uh, I, I actually gave you some Giants, love. There's two people on the Giants here. Um, I guess if you're not counting Peppers. <clears throat> yeah. I uh I threw Sean O'Hare on there. Sean O'Hare is good. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a dog. I will I, I went my skills, oil. skills for the most part. Yeah. Um the, my other giant was uh Victor Cruz. Obviously gotta show some PR Patterson. love. Uh, you know what? That's that's a good point. That's a good point. I left him off for uh He was on my top five. On top five, he was in there. Yeah, I you know what this is more about uh the namesake. I guess he should have been there still. Uh I was trying to combine the guys who have had crazy high school careers as well as just guys from new jersey i think yeah. i got caught up in the courage uh, i still like it uh, we left uh, malcolm jenkins off the list 
out of Piscataway. Mm. That was a guy I was. Wow, I should yeah, I should have had that one. Yeah, I was gonna go Malcolm Jenkins there at the end. Um, I also have Zach Diossi, another giant, long snapper, dude the savage. He was on the fringe though. Him and uh, Richie Incognito, they're born in Jersey, but they didn't actually play football in Jersey. Uh, Richie Incognito though, love it. Swung the helmet at that dude. I think he was on uh, was on the Bills when he did that. Or he was on Probably. the Dolphins. I'm not a I'm not a Incognito fan. <laughs> he's on. I think he still plays. He's on the Raiders. I think he's on the Raiders Maybe, now. I don't know, bro. He played. Uh, Gruden loves him. I'm sure he's on the Raiders. Him and him and Fitzpatrick. They. I'm pretty sure they played for every uh every AFC East team. <laughs> but us. He keeps getting thrown off for disciplinary issues. No. Yeah. I mean, that's not really when good. when Rex Ryan can't hold you, bro. Like that's when you know that's when you know you're the problem. Buddy Ryan. You know, people say like I didn't know I was the problem in the relationship. No, he knows he's the problem. Not Buddy Ryan. That's her dad, Rob Ryan. <laughs> I was like, Rex bro, it's so Ryan. weird. Whenever they they like, it's it's just it looks like a drawing. Like somebody just drew hair on Rex Ryan. <laughs> yeah, so the beard. Yeah, the it's same. so crazy. It's insane. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's it for me. Oh, oh, you know what? I left, I left some other ones off here. Uh, we got Savon Huggins. I wanted to shout out. Are you in St. Peter's too? He was sick. Uh, and Devin Fuller. He's in the league right now too, but he, he's played like every position. So <laughs> yeah, I, um, then he went to corner and now he's a receiver. So. I had, um, I had no Sean on there just cause he was, uh, he, he was a Monmouth County guy. He, he was a big name at one point. Didn't really pan out the way I guess we thought he would mm-hmm. um i put him on there uh who else did i put on here make sure i'm not forgetting anybody <laughs> tony saragusa, tony saragusa. Uh, shout out you know i i actually looked up like yeah just bro, from a broadcasting standpoint and everything i looked up all-time uh but you know he's a good player too players. yeah i mean he was he was awesome super bowl champ it was hard not to yeah. just put super bowl champs on here that was the thing but i kind of just wanted to do uh yeah i think i went with uh people more uh our age that I think I've seen for myself. I just know Goose was an absolute just freak at nose. I, I mean, I haven't actually put on his tape. I could just only imagine how many double teams he drew. Yeah. <laughs> Triple his, teams, they're, probably. Their hard knocks is hilarious. Their oh, hard the, knocks. Uh, oh, man. That that one, that's Shannon like, Sharp's in I that could one, literally right? laugh. Yeah, it was, and like, yeah, I think the, uh, yeah, just the whole the whole team was was funny in there. Um, oh, and then I had I I also shouted out Joe Theismann because uh he was he was at a South River him him and Drew Pearson both from South River. I'm like, damn, that's a uh, that's that's very odd. It's like it's such a small <laughs> it, it's a small like pass through town. There's not like there's like a couple of restaurants, but it's mostly like it's really mixed. It's like foreign, black, white, like Spanish. It's really like. When I have it's you back on, we're going to we're going to switch this up cuz I could get you down a real rabbit hole. Initially, I was going to do like top 5 athletes from Jersey. Good luck with that one. That one's yeah, impossible. No. Overall is that's That tough, one's bro. impossible. <laughs> that I, one has to be I, power ranking. I don't know how you even put that together. Shaq and Trout are up yo, there. Yo, basketball? They, I don't think I would count. Kyrie. I don't know if I <laughs> I don't know if I could count Shaq though. Shaq was just born here. He's a he's a. But see, those are guy. fringe guys. We had some fringe guys on this list too. So that's the thing. It's tough. Yeah, it's, it's a tough. Yeah, call. no basketball. Let me get me started, dog. I remember I was shooting a game. It was one of the last games of the season up at St. Joe's Metuchen, and 
I had to see it. Like I already, I already like kind of braced myself for it. But I looked up in the Raptors and I saw Carl Anthony Towns, two-time yeah. Gatorade Player of the Year, and the then the the Tournament of Champions, the number one overall shit. Where you're like, that's a baller. Where I was like, I, I was like, I was glad. I was like, oh, I was glad I saw that. But it just felt so good to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm like, it's only 20 minutes from my house. Like we got, like we got a couple, we got a couple stunners out here. Well, we had, I'll tell, I mean, I'll, you know. It's, I was gonna say I haven't. Uh, I was another guy who's our age, but uh, when I was coming up, Kyle Anderson, he was from North Bergen. He played at St. Anthony's. I mean, St. Anthony's in itself. If you really just go down a list of people who played at St. Anthony's, you could go on for days. But he was number three. Ended up getting drafted by the Spurs, and now he's in Memphis with Ja, which is just awesome. <laughs> that's a pretty solid track yeah, record. No. Yeah. So, hey, but that's pretty much it for me. That that that's that's the list. Um, we don't have much else to talk about, but I'm sure you're going to be back on. I really appreciate having you on. And, uh, this was awesome, Nuri. For sure, dog. That interview with Nuri Rodriguez was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? All right, guys, that's our show for this week. Uh, a lot to talk about as always. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Again, sports is around the corner. There is light at the end of the tunnel. There are signs of life. I hope everyone's staying safe, staying strong despite all this beautiful weather. Get outside. Get some fresh air if you can. Um, Just try to respect the rules and go about your business uh, the way the guidelines are saying. So this way, everything can be over in no time. Uh, Thanks again for Nuri for coming on. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at NYFootballPod as well as myself at Tino Rodriguez. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and the Believe website. Download, like, rate, subscribe, do it all. Really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Stay safe, stay strong. See you soon. See you next week. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done